for as toxic of a dimension as Twitter can be, it's also kind of like my home within my home. Uh, so, you know, I'm just scrolling through Twitter being like, oh, what's there? Maybe there's like a some new song to review at the beginning of the 2022. Maybe there's some cool non-NFT artwork that I can share. Just like, you know, what's going on? Oh, Nancy Reagan trending? What for? Throat goat. Something that I've been doing recently is getting back into Call of Duty Zombies because I kind of just do that every once in a while and it's really, really cool and fun and I love it. And uh, sometimes uh, another thing I'll do is watch YouTube videos where people rank like all of the Zombies maps in order from their least to most favorite. And some of the reaction videos made to those are like very hilarious and entertaining and it's just people like losing their shit like oh why was this map so low why was this map so high and things like that um i kind of hope that there's somebody out there or a couple people out there who have those kind of visceral reactions to my lists and they're like why is this here why is this not here um i know that there are at least a few albums uh that are not going to be talked about this week that a lot of people would have on their top 50. Uh, I'm not going to say anything just for the sake of not spoiling anything, but maybe later on, like, um, if anybody who hears this has questions about, like, why was this not on there or why was this so high, uh, literally just let me know and I'll answer it. Like, I'm, I'm really, really not, like, um, protecting or shielding my opinions in any way. I, I believe in what I'm doing, so I will defend it. Let me put it that way. Uh, so I guess all that's left to do now is just get started. So the prior episode, that came out yesterday covered album or records 50 to 41 so this episode covers records 40 to 31 so let's get started number 40 is transmute by prestamico Transmute was one of those records that came out of seemingly nowhere for me this year because I was not familiar with Prestamico prior to the release of this record on August 20th, I believe, was the date for Transmute's drop. Um, I believe what I said in the initial review back on the regular weekly episode uh, at that time was that Prestamico kind of, at least to me, feel like this combination of a bunch of my favorite British acts in the scene ever. So, like, I can hear bits of, like, Bring Me the Horizon, Don Broco, Boston Manor, Mallory Knox, a couple of others, just to say the least, about, like, who I can hear as being potential influences on this record and the overall sound of Prestamico. In terms of just, like, the overall performance by the band on this record, what you get is an act that, I'm not gonna say, like, they have this, like, uh, incredible technical prowess that is shown on Transmute, because for all intents and purposes, Transmute is a straightforward alternative rock record, but it is one of the best releases of the year that I can put into that kind of a, like a labeling, I guess if you want to call it that. 
Um, and, and they show off a, a wide range of like what they're able to accomplish because, uh, tracks like Another Day and Way to Know, you have like that, um, like that, I don't want to say like, um, like distortion on the guitar effects, but like there's definitely something of a similar, uh, magnitude going on there. And it just, it, it's so infectious and it gets stuck in your head. And then even when the band slows things down with tracks like Baby Steps or, uh, Overdue or the closing track Hesitation, um, there's still that ferocity in the courses. I talked about Baby Steps, uh, with my top 100 songs of the year series and, I still feel as strongly as I ever have about that track. I think it is the absolute pinnacle of this record, and it is the one song on here that I would say, if you need like a good example of like what Prestamico is, who they are, uh, and and like that range I'm talking about of what they can do, Baby Steps is the way to go. Um, not to rhyme with way to go, but way to know. I I think I just said that already, but like way to know is another really really catchy song that. Uh, the, the verses on there remind me so much of like Don Broco's like more, um, groove oriented stuff. So things that you would heard on like priorities or, um, automatic. That is the kind of direction that I can sense off a of way to know. And then on a song like Lead, which really, really scales things back, even at their slowest, uh, Prestamico still are just one of the top bands of the year. And I think Transmute is an album that not enough people are going to hear this year because of just like how, um, no, no pun intended unintended to the name but just how muted the band is in terms of like having a wide reach but i i'm asking all of you just do me this favor and go check out transmitter Presamico. gas up this band if you ever get the chance to show them off if you ever get the chance to, to anybody who's interested in this kind of a sound because transmute is one of the just uh coolest clinics of the year in terms of how to achieve alternative rock number 39 is z2 by the devil wears prada So a little over 11 years ago by this point, the Devil Wears Prada released the Zombie EP, and they were in their fucking bag for that one. That is one of the most legendary and iconic releases in the history of the scene. I would be, I'd be willing to go as far as to say that. Um, I, I actually think the, the details about this EP were kind of leaked beforehand, but it was done so like on April 1st or around April 1st, and that kind of made it seem like this could have been some kind of an April Fool's joke, and then it wasn't, and I I, I didn't really know how to react to it. I, I was overwhelmed, sure, kind of grateful for more Devil Wars Prada material, especially coming off of um, the act in 2019, which is one of the highlights of that band's discography, in my opinion. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you, you kind of always have, a, and, and whether this be with music or cinema or whatever, you kind of always have like these weird feelings when it comes to sequels of material that you believe were perfect. Um, so uh, Z2, Zombie 2 dropping. I, I wouldn't say I had reservations about it. I was just like, what is this going to sound like? What does the zombie concept in 2021 sound like? And ultimately it sounds like my 39th favorite record of the year. Um, do I think that this is better or close to the quality of the original zombie? No, but it was never going to be that. This was just something to enjoy at this particular time and something to just kind of hold us off on until there is new Devil Wars Prada material ready to officially follow up on the act. 
So, like I said, Original Zombie dropped 2010. I believe there are four records to the Devil Wars Prada's name since then. And in some ways, to me, it sounds like Z2 kind of pays homage to all of those sounds that encompass those four records. So, like, for instance, on a track like Termination, you do have that kind of straightforward metalcore sound that the Devil Wars Prada have spent the better part of their careers just really, really refining. And then with a song like Nora, there's still that metalcore style laced throughout that track. But at the same time, there's, like, this sense of, like, eerie and daunting melody to the song that I think is, like, really, really channeled from the act and what the band achieved with that record. And then even a song like Nightfall feels like this just... Um, like this demonic, I guess that's a weird thing to say since Devil's Prize is a Christian band, but like this, um, catastrophic roller coaster that just kind of like takes you on all these twists and turns and you never really know what direction the track is going in. Almost like the effect that you would actually have if you were living in the midst of a zombie apocalypse. So I think Z2 is one of the coolest things to ever come out of the Devil Wars Prada and more than happy with what they delivered this year. Number 38 is Picture Perfect by Mallory Run. Mallory Run is likely the smallest band on this top 50 list, and I also believe they... Were they the smallest band that made the top 100 songs list? I never actually took that into consideration, and they probably are. Um, so on that series, I mentioned that Mallory Run uh, have around like 410 listeners on Spotify, something like that. Um, none of their songs have hit 10K with streaming numbers. Um, I think on YouTube, the numbers are like varying from uh, like maybe within like the 10 range, uh, like a thousand maybe, like. It, it, it's this, it's an exponentially low number that really, really does not mirror the quality of material that Mallory Run delivered this year. Think of acts like Movement and Citizen, and I think that kind of post-hardcore style is what you get through Mallory Run. It's just this like really, really emotionally gripping journey that this EP takes you on, and I gassed up the title track in the Top 100 song series. Go listen to that again if you haven't already. Um, and while I think Picture Perfect, the title track, it, it does kind of overshadow the rest of the material on here, in my opinion. That does not take away from the absolute fucking bangers that are constantly or where I belong. Just all these tracks have that really just like gripping narrative to them laced all throughout the runtime. And it's just one of those EPs that like, you know, it's a smaller band, it came out back in May, it would have been so easy for this EP to just, like, fall into the pit of everything else I heard, all 305 records, and, um, just something about the delivery on the part of Mallory Run, and what all these songs were able to do for me, that made me, like, it made sure that I don't forget about this record all throughout the year, um, you know, the title track I went back to time and time again, you know, if Where I Belong, Constantly, uh, Own Normalcy, if any of those tracks come up on Shuffle, I'm not skipping them. They have my full undivided attention, and I think that is what Mallory Run deserves out of everybody in the scene right now. This is a band that, you know, I, I, I don't know what it'll take for them to grow, but I hope they find it because it, it, they're too fucking talented to go unnoticed any longer. 
Number 37 is the self-titled album by the band Camino. I was dumbfounded when I learned that this was their debut record because for whatever reason, it just feels like the band Camino is this name that has been engraved in my, into my mind over the last couple of years. And, you know, I would have thought they were, you know, similar to, um, what's like a, a decent big band that's not like cheesy or corny. Um, I, I, I can't really think of one right now. I was going to say the fray, but that probably doesn't help my case of not being cheesy or corny. Um, but my point is that I just assumed that the band Camino was already big and had like, uh, this well-established discography. So then, um, when I came across, um, One Last Cigarette, I don't know if that was a lead single for this record. It might not have been, but that was like how I came across the band Camino this year. And I heard One Last Cigarette and I was just like so taken aback by how good it was. It was catchy. The hook was like just so right there in the moment everything in that track just worked so well to perfection even um i remember the month after was it the month after sometime thereafter let's just go with that um sorry mom dropped as another single and sorry mom it, it has like this contrast to one last cigarette in the sense that it's still a very catchy and incredible song out of the band camino but sorry mom is just like this emotionally tackling song that I was able to just immediately get lost in and what that did was show me that with the combination of One Last Cigarette and Sorry Mom, there was this versatile range to the band Camino that made me like just want and crave more out of them. And thankfully, I got that through this self-titled record. And like another thing that I think really, really needs to be pointed out with this album is just how like deceiving the the tone and stylistic direction of the record is, at least sonically. Because you have like these upbeat, uh, infectious pop tracks or pop rock tracks, yet lyrically, there is like some really, really crazy shit going on here. Like just take as an example the opening song, Everybody Dies. Here is an actual portion of the song's lyrics. Cause I'm damned if I do, damned if I don't, damned if I win, damned if I choke, blame it on me, blame it on God, don't want to be something I'm not. And then in the actual course of the track, it literally just says, everybody dies anyway. It's so dark and creepy but again it's masked by some of the catchiest most upbeat and vibrant songs you will hear all year long um i mentioned just a phase in the top 100 series just a phase i think is the absolute pinnacle of this record it's the kind of song that you know if somebody tells me to give them a song by the band camino that they want to use to like get a gauge for if they like this band or not i'm going to give them just a phase because i think it is the kind of song that this band really really should rally around um, just overall, you know, like I said, I, this is one of the more surprising records of the year because, uh, for one, I didn't know it was their debut. I thought they were already bigger than that. And then two, it is fucking outstanding. Number 36 is Screen Violence by Churches. Wish So I guess to kind of continue like a similar theme to what I was going on and on about with the band Camino, 
I knew of churches before this year, and I probably heard like, you know, a couple of things here and there. I remember hearing a song that they did with Marshmallow, like back in 2019, I think it was, but they weren't really a band that I like followed up on. I didn't really keep up with them. Um, but for the sake of having content on this platform, uh, as they were releasing singles, I was following along with that trajectory. And that singles rollout encompasses He Said, She Said, How Not to Drown, and Good Girls. He Said, She Said was like a good way to kind of ease my way into what Scream Violence was ultimately going to be. And then it was that second single, How Not to Drown, which features Robert Smith from The Cure. And with that song, I was just like immediately put into this space where suddenly churches had one of my most anticipated records of the remainder of the year at that point. I think uh, How Not to Drown dropped in June, and then Scream Islands would have been out at the end of August? Was it, Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Um, so, uh, one of the aspects of Scream Islands I love so much, and it has nothing to do with the music sonically, but like, the artwork for the record. So, the artwork has like, actually, I don't even really know what to paint it as, but like, a hand and some blinds on like a TV screen, and there's like this red ominous background and it's really really strange but i also think it works tremendously well in terms of like fitting into the sound of screen violence and um so you know getting past the uh the singles like i had mentioned there's just so much emotion packed into all these songs so like the opening track asking for a friend the instrumentation there uses this like electronic melody a really really slow one at that to set the pace for everything the opening line to that song I don't want to say that I'm afraid to die, I'm no good at goodbyes, I can't apologize, and if I don't stop now, will it follow me down? I guess I have to try, it's the art of getting by. And then later on, the track has this moment where it's just repeating over and over again, you still matter, and then later on, can we go? And it's just like, this really just riveting roller coaster, and that's the opening song, so like from the moment that you press play on screen violence, I think you are just thrown into the deep end and you're not going to drown because Churches is like helping you reach the surface at every single second of the runtime. In the Top 100 series, I did gas up Final Girl. I'll just say again, Final Girl, I think is the just like epitome of what Scream Violence pursued and ultimately achieved. I think it is one of the coolest songs of the year, one of the best songs of the year, which was kind of you know, an obvious mindset of mine, given that I put it in that top 100 uh, series, but nonetheless, I'm just reiterating, Final Girl was everything to me this year. I think Screen Violence uh, overachieved in a lot of ways. I wasn't expecting it to be as good as it was. I wasn't expecting to come out of a record that is, like, kind of scene-based, but for the most part, like, pop-inspired, and just feel the connection to it that I did. And I, like, there's no I'm, I'm not passing off judgment when i say this but like i do see a lot of people on twitter and just other areas of social media who like they're fans of the scene but they are like so tied to and married to just like one sector of it one specific genre so like the people who only listen to metalcore the people who only listen to pop punk or whatever a, a record like scream violence makes me so happy that i have the the taste and the interest in music that I do. And like, you know, I, I mentioned already on uh, the prior episode, like Lorna Shore, um, I feel so grateful that I can appreciate something like that and churches at the same time and not feel like 
I have a disconnect to either of them because of how different they sound to each other. Scream Violence is one of the best records of the year. I absolutely cannot wait to see what comes out of churches from here on out. And, you know, I, I, I guess I just feel like this level of, like, pride in what they did. I am proud of churches. Number 35 is The Romance of Affliction by CU Space Cowboy. I didn't know for certain coming into this year if there would be a new record out of Sea Space Cowboy, but it was at the top of that list of like just hopes and wants and wishes because in 2019, Sea Space Cowboy dropped the correlation between entrance and exit wounds, which I truly believe that had Amo by Bring Me the Horizon not dropped that same year, that would have been my record of the year. The correlation between entrance and exit wounds is one of the greatest records I've ever listened to. Just th the journey that it took me on was so unexpected and just rewarding and satisfying while at the same time being like this painfully cathartic experience. And so uh, coming into 2021, like I said, I was just really, really hopeful for new material at Sea Space Cowboy. They initially had a split EP with If I Die First out back in May and... I was very, very content with that, but at the same time, I was still hoping for something of an extended format out of just Sea Space Cowboy and not this uh, release as like shared with another band. Another great band at that, but just I wanted a spotlight for Sea Space Cowboy all to themselves, and that is what ended up happening with The Romance of Affliction. And I have spoken before about the post-hardcore revival and like what that has meant to the scene and like to me personally um sea space cowboy is one of the bands really driving that movement right now um and it's not just like in terms of how the songs sound that i think they're doing a good job at like paying homage to but when you look at the names of the songs on the romance of affliction you have those like just long ass titles that don't fit on the screen and it's like really really uh like a drawback and a callback to uh something that was like more of a normal and regular practice back in the 2000s for scene music uh so just like for example to go through some of these and my faded reflection in your eyes with arms that bind and lips that lock the end to a brief moment of lasting intimacy and you know maybe to some people like they're just names they don't really mean anything but for someone like myself who was growing up in that era where this is just what bands did I can't help but like have this extra level of affinity for CD Space Cowboy since this is what they've been doing all year long. I, I think that with um, the Romance of Affliction, admittedly, while I don't like it over the correlation between entrance, entrance and exit wounds, that's still a fucking mouthful to say to this day. Um, one of the aspects of the Romance of Affliction that I think I would prefer over that record is the level of comfortability I can sense in the members of Sea Space Cowboy. Um, so Connie is one of, I think, the just like most important and vital vocalist to the scene right now because she brings with her this like image of what you see is what you get if you don't like it you know that's your call you can fuck off um and just that attitude that she brings like sea space cowboy would be an infinitely different band if she wasn't the one kind of like at the helm of it all and 
I think with certain aspects of this record, like the music video for what was the song? I'm, I'm blanking on it now. Um, was it brief moment? I think it was brief moment. The end to a brief moment of lasting intimacy where it's this like, um, for lack of a better way of phrasing it, this erotic display. And it's one of those kinds of, um, those projects where it's intended to, or I feel like it's intended to rub the wrong way. The people who cannot and will not change their mindset when it comes to trans people and gender fluid figures in music. And so for somebody like myself, who is, um, like a straight cis male, I have to be like an outsider looking in on this specific area of not just music, but the world in the grand scheme of things. But for me, it, it adds like this layer of respect on top of all the respect I already have for Connie and all the space cowboy for that matter, for just being the, I guess like daring and attitude displaying personalities that they are because sea space cowboy is made better for that. And again, Connie is one of the most important vocalists in the scene right now. Sea Space Cowboy is one of the most important bands in the world. And ultimately, The Romance of Affliction is one of the most important records of the year. And just throwing it out there, if you if you need to be told this, which you shouldn't, but just if for whatever reason someone's hearing this who doesn't understand this, trans rights are human fucking rights. Number 34 is I Won't Find Hope in You by Wither Away. This was not the debut of Wither Away, but it was my first uh, introduction to the band. This was how I discovered them. Admittedly, I haven't really gone backwards in their discography to understand like who they were at the time of their prior record in 2017 and where they came from in terms of like sonic uh, execution. But with I Won't Find Hope in You, I just feel like Wither Away is one of those bands that not enough people know about, not enough people will have gotten to hear this record by now. And with my explanation of I won't find hope in you and what it means to me, I would just, I, I would hope that there's somebody listening who is going to check out this record because of what I say. Um, technically the first single for this record would have been Persona. Uh, well, not technically, it literally was. I don't know why I said that. Um, but my first, uh, the moment where I first came across this record was with the title track, which features Ricky Armolino from Ice Nine Kills and Hawk. The level of emotion and just catchiness to that song, I think really, really displays what it is about metalcore that can like still draw me in at times. Because again, I've said before, metalcore as an overall genre, it's just very, very oversaturated with some bands that to me, don't really do anything exciting. They don't bring anything special to the scene. They're kind of just like, you know, whatever, they're there. It, it's fine. Nobody's hurt by their existence, but like, I'm not captivated in any way by what they do. Whereas Wither Away, I am. And I think what you find with the title track, you can find with every song on this record, that level of emotion, the infectious nature of like the hooks and what the band is able to do instrumentally. Um, again, with the metalcore stuff, the screams are excellent. I love everything about the, the elements and the layers that were put on top of each other to make I Won't Find Hope in You. 
And like as an as like an anime nerd, um, if you want to call me an otaku, that's fine. I don't really care. Um, there are like east kind of Easter eggs, but also they're like kind of in your face if you know what to look for when it comes to the names of all these songs, because it feels like uh, so many of these tracks have anime references just like put on full display in the the names so like the opening song april spring is coming is about uh your lie in april kagane ruin me is about tokyo ghoul uh the only town the town where only i am missing is about erased i just mentioned persona i have to believe like that is literally just about persona um the closing song your name literally about the movie your name and i want to single out your name as like one of the absolute fucking highlights of not just this record but the year all in all um so when i was making the list of like the top 100 songs i got it down to like maybe about like 107 before i had to like really really think about what i wanted to be cut from it uh your name was one of those songs that just almost made it i think i was like at like 104 and i had to like listen to maybe eight or nine songs like in succession of one another decide what's gonna make it and ultimately your name fell off but like it came so so close and there are times right now where i'm thinking like should your name have been on that list maybe but it wasn't but now is my chance to really gas up your name as one of my favorite songs of the year one of the best closers of the year there is just so much of what i've been talking about like that emotional energy the raw nature the catchiness to wither away that is just like fucking jam-packed into your name I, I really feel confident in saying that if you are somebody who is like becoming kind of like bored or desensitized with metalcore because of the vanilla nature of the genre sometimes these days, Wither Away provided something for you that is, it, it can be like this cleanser. Like you're going to get something from Wither Away that even if you've heard things like it before, you haven't heard Wither Away do it the way that they do. And that is about as hard as I can sell this record. It is one of the coolest things I got to listen to all year long. I absolutely love I Won't Find Hope in You. And I am so appreciative that this record gave me a new band to keep up with and look forward to from here on out. Number 33 is Mirrors by Landless. So I'm actually going to echo a lot of what I just said about Wither Away and apply that to Landless. I think Landless is one of the uncovered metalcore bands of the year, uh, at least for like what I was able to uncover. Um, so like what I mentioned before, like the emotion, the like high octane energy, that is all ever present with Landless and what they did on Mirrors. I kind of do think I'm right in saying that this was a Dreambound channel discovery on my end. Um... Anybody who wants to, like, find new artists, I do suggest the Dreambound YouTube channel. They usually do have some really good stuff on there. Uh, Landless being one of the, I think, gems of that talent pool that they helped me find this year. So, I, I think the cycle for the record technically started with, um, Nobody. And what I will say is Nobody admittedly does fall into, like, that sector of Hopecore, if anybody remembers what that was or you know how i guess how could you forget it honestly if you live through that time period um so and when i say hope core i'm i, I mean that lyrically um try to find the course of this one uh we know we're not perfect we strive to prove we're worth it 
we know we're not perfect. This is who we are. So, yeah, it does fall into that kind of lyricism if it's something that you're not really interested in. But I think just the way that Landless executes these kinds of concepts, I think it is commendable how they do it. I really, really think that there's something here of great substance. Um, there's another single called Waves that has like this really cool, uh, not really offbeat drum pattern in the chorus, but just like it's a little bit unorthodox and it doesn't really, or it seems like it wouldn't really fit with what's happening with the rest of the instrumentation or even the, uh, the vocal delivery, but it just complements everything happening around it so well. And, you know, waves provided for me the kind of song where I can look at and be like, there was this element to it that I couldn't find with any other song on mirrors. And then probably not really any other song on any other record this year. Um, I think there's a, there's a lot of like really, really cool, um, moments happening on here. Like I just mentioned that chorus on, um, on waves, the pre-chorus on the closing track trapped inside, which is my favorite song on here. Just the, um, the energy that's in that pre-chorus and how I actually think it kind of eclipses the chorus in terms of just like memorable moments on the record. Um, there's a track called revive that features, uh, Jay Cuchetta. I believe I'm saying that correctly. I hope I am at least who is the vocalist of Skywalker and his feature in the like bridge slash breakdown section of that track adds this element uh, or like this metalcore element that I think, uh, you know, can kind of, w- with a lot of other bands out there, they could use this kind of an element and make something admittedly generic out of it. But I think what Landless did with Revive, it helped elevate the song and give it its own identity, establish its own personality compared to everything else that's happening on Mirrors. I just think that Landless with this record this year, they solidified their spot in my constant rotation this year. Uh, you know, I am following closely along now, very intently. Whatever uh, Landless do from here on out, I am fully there, fully aware of, fully attentive, and any single instance where they have music for the foreseeable future, you can expect to hear me cover it on this podcast. Number 32 is Flux by Poppy. And th- th- it's kind of a-, a little bit difficult to try and figure out where exactly I want to begin the, d- the discussion about Flux because it wasn't Poppy's only release this year and it felt like kind of, um, it-, it seemed to come out of nowhere because I really, really thought that Eat NXT soundtrack was going to be all that Poppy did this year. Um, and then very, very sh- shortly afterwards, she had a single called Her and I don't remember if, like, it was announced at the time that this was going to be attached to a record releasing within this year, but I remember listening to her and just thinking, like, this is really, really different. I I absolutely love the direction of it. I think even if it's a different sound, it's still very much so poppy. All of the characteristics that make up who this woman is are still present in a track like her, even if it is slower and more tame compared to what she had done prior, but I really, really enjoyed it, and I was hopeful that uh, a, a future record of hers could at least further explore this sound. And what ended up happening was the entire record is basically engulfed with that kind of a, like, it's a slower poppy, it's a brooding poppy, but it's still poppy at her core. The second single thereafter was the title track Flux, and now I'm remembering that that was when 
the official album announcement came out and flux is a very very catchy song i think it's a good indicator at least for that time when i didn't know what the record sounded like yet it was a good indicator for what i was in store for with the full record flux the third single so mean that was where i was just like there's really no fucking end to what poppy can do what this woman is able to achieve when she sets her mind to it because so mean is the catchiest song i heard all year it's the kind of song that if the the record flux was my first uh like introduction to the world of poppy so mean is the kind of song that would just get me like even more invested in poppy's discography and just wonder like who the fuck is she and like what does the rest of her catalog sound like um and i think that idea of like what does the rest of her catalog sound like you can hear snippets of it all throughout this uh this release um so like on the second track lessen the damage it feels very like 90s based kind of like alternative rock um it has like this really like straightforward like punk rock energy to it in a lot of ways and then the bridge is just poppy saying over and over again leave her don't touch her let me be the one to destruct her referring to the like former self that she was you know that youtube version of poppy where she was just like staring at the camera like i'm poppy i'm poppy i'm poppy lessen the damage kind of you know is meant to be like another uh symbolic uh step forward for poppy from that era um and as she progresses through that bridge her voice becomes even more like uh rage filled throughout it and by the end of that bridge she is screaming those lines at you um i think on a song like bloom what you hear is like the uh so in all of Poppy's songs, I would say that she is the one that carries what's happening. But with Bloom, there's like this drum roll, on, on, like or more specifically, there's like this patterning on the snare drum that feels like that is kind of what is holding Bloom up. And it's a song of Poppy's that I can't think of anything else she's done before that has like that kind of element to it. But I really, really appreciate it uh, for being so diverse. And then even with like the two closing songs that are kind of admittedly slower in uh as strange as it seems and never find my place the latter song i would say kind of feels like it, it has like this like classic rock vibe to it but again by the end of it it's just like descending into the chaos that i know poppy for and i love her for and i think flux is it was a great experiment a successful experiment i believe at that and i am once again reminded like poppy is so fucking versatile there is no end to the range that she uh, explores and can expand her own horizons and i just think that poppy is a generational artist who has given more than enough material so far in her career at, at a young age relatively to like she's worthy of being cemented as goaded status in my opinion number 31 is misery lake by black bear at this point i'm unsure exactly how many times i have said some variation of this forthcoming statement on ulterior by making a podcast black bear is the most consistent artist that i have the privilege of covering on this show because his entire discography as far back as dead roses i cannot think of a single instance where black bear dropped a project and missed 
everything hits. Everything is just like next level and feels so just like light years beyond what Black Bear should have been doing all the way back then. Uh, so, you know, Dead Roses, Help, Digital Drug Lord, last year's Everything Means Nothing. This guy just does not know how to do anything but write bangers like a fucking a, a, a banger machine. I don't really know where I was going with that, but Black Bear is just like that kind of artist where whenever he does something, I sit down, I shut the fuck up, and I pay attention. That is the level of dedication that Black Bear kind of just brings out of me because at this point, he's more than earned not just like my attention, but everybody's. I think Black Bear is a kind of the kind of generational artist that you know we, we need to continue gassing up we need to continue having on this pedestal because i feel very comfortable with the the direction that like um the the pop side of the scene takes if black bear is the one that we can point to and say that's our guy um so with misery lake i i want to say the record was uh like kind of teased for a minute on his twitter and to the point where fans knew of the name misery lake before there was like any real concrete details about what the ep actually consisted of uh you love you which features tate mcrae was the lead single i think that was like a early june release i want to say uh you love you was a great like way to kind of um bring all of us into this misery lake era i really really enjoyed that song um if i'm not mistaken and i might like be getting some details mixed up this was initially planned for a july release the ep uh july 20 i'm not even gonna try and guess what the day was but um i think it was in july that it was meant to come out it ended up getting delayed to august 13th and i kind of think was um at my worst might have been like a compensation single to kind of make it up to the fans for the ep not dropping the day that it was initially promised um at my worst is one of those like um just really really cool yet somber but also vibrant and upbeat black bear tracks black bear does a great job at having these just like really really catchy and like pop radio ready tracks with the most just condescending and like down lyrics you can imagine uh so there's another song on this record it is bad day and the chorus is literally just black bear repeating over and over again like i hope you have a bad day i hope you have a bad day and again it's like masked with the some some of like the catchiest uh instrumental tunes you'll hear all year long from any project uh, it reminds me a lot of what he did on um, Hot Girl Bummer and how like, you know, the lyric, the, the hook is literally just like, fuck you and you and you and you, yet you listen to the song and you get lost in like just how upbeat the actual rhythm sounds. So I think that's an area where Black Bear excels in. He's never lost that ability. Um, Alone in a Room Full of People, which is the opener to the EP, is my favorite track on here. I think Alone in a Room Full of People is you know it goes back to what i said where black bear is just able to write these kinds of like depressing songs yet i just want to like nod my head to this shit like i don't know if i'm supposed to like vibe out or cry to this stuff i kind of do both and i i feel okay with having black bear take control of my brain in that sense and th there's like I, I probably said this about so many artists already but there is no end to the capabilities of black bear i think at, at this point like I, I cannot doubt him. I can't go into any of his projects with like some sort of like um, 
hesitance to accept whatever is going to happen because I know Black Bear is going to deliver. I went into Misery Lake expecting a perfect EP, and that's exactly what I got. Black Bear never misses, homie never fails me, dude is always on top of his shit, and I am forever grateful for that. And that's it. Those were my top 40 to 31 records of 2021. So with the next installment coming tomorrow, we will have reached and surpassed the halfway mark. Um, this is going fine. I think so far it's very, very different from the songs list. Let me say that now, like I've kind of, uh, figured that out in this whole process. Um, but I, I'm okay with this so far. I like it. Uh, I hope everybody has enjoyed what they've heard. You know, maybe you got to hear like a snippet of a record that you really like, maybe heard something that you didn't know about, something that you might have forgotten about. And my hope is that all of you, you know, continue to stick around all the way through the remaining 30 records. So I'm going to let y'all go now. Go back to doing whatever it was you were doing beforehand. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this part. And as always, for better or worse, let's make a scene.